welcome back to Coco Sleep, your podcast of original children's bedtime stories and meditations designed to make bedtime a dream. Before we begin, I'd like to say a big hello to our newest Coco Clubbers. Hi Hunter, Kylie, Liliana, Krish KB, Lily and Laura, Harper and Ruby, Mila, Fiona, Lilith, Lucy and Lincoln Brooks. Welcome to you all and thank you for joining us. Now enjoy all the extra stories you've got and at some point you can pop over to YouTube via the link in the show notes where you'll be able to see me say hi and thanks to you. This is a truly great day to join too. You are right in time to hear the latest in the brilliant Jupiter Twins series. Last time we joined them, they were helping out a friendly griffin called Gwendolyn. Before we begin, a quick message for the grown-ups. If you'd like to support our podcast, enjoy ad-free listening, unlock four bonus stories per month and much, much more, you can join Coco Club. Subscribe in just two taps via the link in the show notes. But now, here's a quick word from our sponsors. Tonight's story is a little bit more relatable. We are meeting up with Lily and Jake on a shopping trip. It's the last week of the summer holidays, and they're soon heading back to school. They can't wait, and they need to prepare. They need their stationery, their spell books, and a magical companion to accompany them back to the Leora Academy. So, they decide to go to the cobbled, twisting streets of York. Snuggle down now and relax as I begin Jupiter Twins, Back to the Leora Academy by Luke Prendergast. Lily and Jake, the Jupiter twins, had been enjoying their summer holidays tremendously. Six weeks had passed since they'd last been at the Leora Academy of Magic, hidden beneath the city. Instead, they'd been at home with their parents, using the magic they'd learned the previous year at school to help out in all kinds of ways. With a simple spell, they'd gathered up the clumps of grass that got left on the lawn behind the lawnmower. With a wave of their arms, They'd folded clothes and washed dishes and scrubbed the knives and forks until they shone brand new. Their parents were both delighted with their magical abilities. It was a real blessing having a couple of young magicians hanging around the house, they said. When they weren't helping their parents, the Jupiter twins spent their time relaxing and playing games. Lily was glad to be back in her room with her jam-packed bookshelf, rereading some of her favourite stories. And in the afternoons, she and Jake would go out to climb trees with their friends. They were having a wonderful time on holiday. But sometimes, when they were tucked up in bed, they would admit to each other that they were missing school too. They couldn't wait to get back there and start learning more magic. One morning, towards the end of the holidays, the twins were sat on their bedroom floor, building a huge castle out of tiny building blocks. They were very pleased with how it had turned out. It boasted several towers and a large courtyard, and a bright blue moat circling its stone walls. Jake was just affixing the final battlement to a turret when their bedroom door opened and their mum walked in. 
She stood in the middle of the room, as she often did, with one hand on her hip. In the other hand, she held a piece of paper. What an impressive castle, she said, looking down at their handiwork and smiling. Then a small frown appeared on her forehead. But I think it's missing something, she added. What? asked Lily, inspecting the castle all over. She couldn't see that they'd missed anything. Their mum pointed a finger at the front of the castle. It's missing a gate, she said. How are all the little people supposed to get in? Oh, you're right, cried Jake, laughing. Their mum was always so good at spotting things that they couldn't see. He gave the front of the castle a quick tap, and a wooden gate appeared, complete with metal hinges and a perfect iron portcullis that could be lifted up and down. There we go, Jake said. That's better. What's that? asked Lily, pointing at the piece of paper in their mum's hand. This, she replied, brandishing the paper in the air, is a letter from your school. A letter from their school? Now their mum had their undivided attention. What does it say? the twins asked, bubbling with excitement. Their mum cleared her throat and, taking a deep breath, began to read the letter out loud. Dear Lily and Jake Jupiter, in a few days' time, you will be returning to the Leora Academy to embark upon another year of magical learning. At the end of this letter, you will find a list of items that you will need to ensure you have prepared for the coming year, including new books and stationery. As you will know, you have now reached the age at which you are entitled to bring with you a magical companion, whether that be animal or vegetable that can live with you in your dormitories. I advise you choose wisely. We look forward to welcoming you back soon. The letter was signed by their head teacher, Dr. Howard, and when she was finished speaking, the twins' mother waved the list in the air. Well, she said, you heard what Dr. Howard wrote in her letter. We've got to make sure we've got all the supplies you two will need for going back to school. We'll go to York this afternoon. That's the best place to buy it all. Time to get ready. We leave in 20 minutes. And with that, she walked out of the door. Lily and Jake could barely contain their excitement. Not only was it almost time to head back to school, but they also got to take a trip to York, a city they travelled to on the train. Wasting not a single moment, they brushed their teeth, packed their bags, tied their shoelaces up nice and tight, and were stood waiting by the front door before 20 minutes was even up. My, my, said their mum. I'm very impressed. OK, then, off we go. They walked to the train station and waited, fizzy with anticipation for the train to arrive. When it did, they jumped on and got a table seat and watched out the window as the houses flew past and the gardens with swing sets and dogs running round in circles. They passed over a bridge, and from up above, they saw the streets flowing with a stream of cars 
so small they looked like toys. When they reached York, Lily and Jake's mum led them through the cobbled streets, past all the shops and cafes and restaurants, and then down a narrow paved staircase that the twins didn't notice until they were already on it. Those steps have had a special charm cast upon them, their mum told them as they walked down. You can't find them unless you already know they're there. They emerged into a wide cobbled square that might have been the same as any other square in York, except that the shops around the edges were all magical shops, selling all kinds of wonderful things like cauldrons and wands and broomsticks and all sorts of unimaginable ingredients for making potions and casting mysterious spells. First of all, said their mum, we need to get you some new bits of uniform. You've both grown so much over the summer that some of your clothes don't fit you anymore. She led them down to the doorway of a small dark shop. Inside, the walls were lined with so many clothes, soft woolen robes, crisp cotton shirts, pointed felt hats, that the air in the room felt muffled. From the mass of clothes at the back of the shop appeared a little man with a mass of curly grey hair, holding a length of measuring tape and gripping a handful of clothespins in his teeth. Hello, he said. How can I help you? The twins' mum explained that they were here for some new school clothes. Jake needed a new cloak, and Lily's witch's hat, which she'd had since her first year of school, was finally looking a bit too worn and threadbare, so needed replacing. Certainly, the man said. To begin, we will need to take your sizes. And with a flourish, he threw his measuring tape up into the air. For a few moments it hung there, before snaking through the air towards the twins. First it measured around Jake's shoulders, before flying over to Lily and wrapping snugly around her forehead. Watching the magic measuring tape flying around the shop filled both of the twins up with a sense of wonder. They really couldn't wait to get back to school. Once the measuring was complete, The man showed Jake and Lily all of the options in their size. Jake tried on a dark blue cloak, then a dark red one, before deciding, after all, that he preferred a bottled green cloak, which tied at the throat with a silver string. Lily chose a very elegant felt hat with a long blue feather sticking out of the top. The shopkeeper assured them He had personally plucked the feather from the plumage of a rare arctic bird, which had the power to freeze water with just a flap of its wings. If you wave the feather over a glass of apple juice, he told her, it's as good as putting it in the fridge. Very happy with their purchases, the Jupiter twins went back out to the square with their mum. Where to next? They asked her. 
Next up, she said, putting on her glasses and inspecting the shopping list, we need to get you some stationery. And she led them to a shop across the square with a bright purple sign that read Parchment and Quills. They opened the door and a bell chimed, causing a tall woman with purple lipstick and a great big smile to materialise as if from nowhere. Welcome to the stationery shop, she said. How can I help you? We've got all sorts of magical, marvellous offers on at the moment, including invisible ink that only reveals itself if you whisper the right password, and a pencil case that can store over a hundred pencils, but weighs no more than a feather. The twins' mum explained to the woman that they needed to look at the notepads since they were heading back to school and would need somewhere to write everything down that they'd learned. Ah, oh, yes, the woman said, blinking down at them kindly. We have just the thing. They followed the woman across the shop to a wall lined with notepads of many different shapes, sizes and colours. Lily pointed at one that was in the shape of a crescent moon. Ah, sighed the woman, our lunar pad. It waxes and wanes with the moon. A marvellous bit of magic, but a little inconvenient if you need to jot something down on a new moon and discover it's disappeared altogether. The shopkeeper told them, that the absolute bestseller for kids returning to magic school that September was a notepad that automatically filed the notes you made according to school subject. It can even tell which notes haven't quite gone into your memory well enough, she told them, and places them at the front of the notepad to help you when the time comes for revision. They all agreed that this was the perfect notepad to buy. Jake chose a dark green one to go with his cloak, and Lily chose one of an icy blue, which would go just perfectly with her new hat. They stored their new notebooks in their bags, said thank you to the stationery shopkeeper, and went back out to the square. Last up, said the twins' mum, inspecting her list once more. We need to go to the bookstore. You've got a couple of books to get. She led them across the square and they stepped into a little shop. The air inside smelled of old parchment, rich and woody, and golden motes of dust were suspended in the air. Above them, the walls stretched up higher than they could see and every inch of every wall was covered with rows and rows of books, their leather spines gleaming softly in the dim light. Neither Lily nor Jake could quite believe that such a room could fit inside the tiny building they'd stepped into, magic or no magic. But as they stared upwards in awe, a sound distracted them, a rattling and a rumbling. Then, 
they saw where the sound was coming from. Above them, a box-like contraption descended steadily, and in it stood an old lady with thin gold-rimmed glasses and a puff of hair like a cloud. Hello, she said. Welcome to my bewitched bookstore. She patted the metal rail of the contraption she stood in. This is my machine that lets me get all the way to the top of the book tower. Very important for a little woman like me. She smiled at them very kindly. Now, how can I help you? We have every book you could possibly imagine, and if we don't have it for you, well, we'll magic it up. Lily's eyes grew wide with excitement. There was nothing she loved more than a good book, and this was the most wonderful place she'd ever laid eyes on. The twins' mum explained that they had come to purchase the books the students required for their next year at school and handed the bookseller the list. The woman squinted at it through her glasses and then gave a happy nod. Oh, yes, she said. We've got all of these. She looked at Jake and Lily. Well, hop in, you two, she said. Let's go and find them. They didn't need telling twice. The Jupiter twins jumped into the contraption beside the bookseller, and once she'd made sure they were securely in, she gave the rail two taps with her finger and said, Off we go! And with that, they began to travel upwards. In spite of all the rattling, it was a surprisingly smooth ride. Jake thought it was almost as good fun as riding his broom. Book spines flew past them in a blur of colour, and soon they came to a stop at a shelf way up high. Here we are, said the woman. First on the list, seeing in the dark. There it is. She pointed at a book by Jake's shoulder, which, upon hearing its name, had opened three bright blue eyes and started staring at them. Go on then, the bookseller said encouragingly, seeing that Jake was a little nervous. Take it. Jake reached out and plucked the book off the shelf. He put it in a basket on the side of the moving contraption. When the book was laid down, all its eyes closed. It seemed to be sleeping quite heavily. After that, they flew around the bewitched bookstore, finding all the other books on the list, and at last arrived back at the floor, where the Jupiter twins' mum was waiting for them. Did you find them all? she asked them. Oh, yes, said Lily. We got all of the books on the list, and also I picked up one more. She showed her mum a book of fairy tales, Please, can I have this one too? Her mum laughed and said that was quite all right. And with great delight, Lily tucked the book of fairy tales into her bag alongside the other books. They thanked the bookseller and stepped back out into the square. 
Their mum sighed and slapped her hands together as though she were brushing dust from them, which was what she always did when she came to the end of a task. Okay then, she said. That's us all done. Come on, you two. Let's head home. Before she'd even finished speaking, she'd turned away and begun to head towards the narrow stone staircase that would lead them back out into the non-magical part of the city of York. But she'd only made it a few steps when suddenly both her children were on her, Jake hanging off the sleeve of her right arm and Lily hanging off the sleeve of her left arm. No, Mum, they cried. We're not done yet. She slowed her steps and looked at them, frowning a little. She passed her eyes over the list again and said, Yes, we are. There's nothing left on the list. What is there left to do? She looked at the twins quizzically. The Jupiter twins explained to their mum that Dr. Howard's letter had added that they were allowed this year to bring a magical companion to school if they wanted, which they certainly did. Oh, of course, their mum said, tapping her forehead. I'd completely forgotten. We absolutely must find you each a companion to take with you. So, for the final time, the Jupiter twins' mum led them across the cobbled square and into the pet emporium, which was filled with all kinds of magical life, both animal and vegetable. She told Jake and Lily to head off and choose a companion each. The twins wandered around the emporium, looking around at all of the creatures, cats and frogs and enchanted flowers, magicians' rabbits and crafty cats, and trees that grew magical ingredients. It took them quite a while to choose, but eventually they returned to where their mum was waiting for them at the front of the emporium leafing through a magazine about how to care for your new pet unicorn. Well, she said, seeing them return, have you both chosen your new companions? Go on and show me then. First of all, Lily showed her mum what she had chosen. It was a bright green slug that fitted perfectly in the palm of her hand. And best of all, she told her mum, he knows how to talk. Look. And she asked the slug to say hello to her mum. Hello, said the slug. Hello, slug, said the Jupiter twins' mum, before she turned to Jake. And you, Jake, what have you found? From behind his back, Jake withdrew a magical cabbage plant growing in a yellow ceramic pot. Its leaves were extra bushy, and their edges seemed to twinkle with starlight. This cabbage has magical healing properties, he told her. Just eat a leaf and it will make you feel better, if you ever get a bit poorly. Well, said his mum, that will be just perfect for when you're back at school. She looked at her two children 
Lily with her magic slug, and Jake with his magic cabbage, and clapped her hand to her mouth to stop herself laughing out loud. But she couldn't help it. A few giggles escaped. What? asked the Jupiter twins. Why are you laughing so much, Mum? <laughs> well, she said, you two are going to have to be careful that the slug doesn't eat all of the magical cabbage. Jake and Lily looked at their companions, looked at each other, and then burst out laughing too. If the slug does eat the cabbage, said Jake, at least we know he won't get sick. When the three of them had managed to stop laughing, they looked up to the sky and saw that the sun was beginning to set. Come on, said the twins' mum. Off we go, back to the train station. I bet your dad will have cooked something delicious for dinner. So the Jupiter twins picked up all of the day's purchases. Jake's new green cloak and Lily's new blue feathered hat. Their special self-sorting notebooks. The stack of books they'd bought from the bewitched bookstore. And the new companions, the slug and the magic cabbage, and followed their mum up the narrow stone stairs. At the top step, Jake leant over towards Lily and whispered in her ear, I can't wait to get back to school. Lily looked at her brother, smiled brightly, and whispered, I know, me neither. <laughs>